Hey guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines. Everybody, welcome. It is the Friendly Confines podcast. And what? We got a Cardinals fan joining the Cubs podcast. Hey, I'm Lante. Excited to join Chad Gordon on this podcast. Love that you're on here, Lon. Uh, we uh, don't have Ryan Lieber this week, and, and I was excited to reach out to you. You're li- you're the voice of ESPN. I mean, you're the guy when people want to listen uh, to sports. Uh, you are a Cardinal fan, but in Central Illinois, everybody knows who Lon Tay is. What do we have going up on today's show? Got the Cardinals, of course. They got swept by the Cubbies, but then the Cubbies kind of kept, came back to the pack a little bit this week. We'll talk about that. Of course, baseball's having some issues with this uh, sticky uh, crackdown, if you will, with pitching. Jason Hayward, is he going to be better? We'll talk a little bit about the vaccine. We'll even talk on that. And then more than anything, fans are back at Wrigley. That is one thing I cannot wait to discuss today. We're going to talk about all that and much more. It's Chad Gordon and Lante, and this is the Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs podcast, and it starts right now. He's Lante. I'm Chad Gordon. Let's start as we always do in the first inning, and Lon. You saw a little bit of this Cubs team taking on your Cardinals this last weekend. They looked pretty good, but this team, since the Padres series, has looked pretty up and down. Uh, they, they had some troubles with the, uh, the Giants losing three of four. They lost the series against the Mets. They swept the Cardinals. What do you make up this Cubs team, this up and down Cubs team? You know, to me, you're still on the plus side against good teams, and I'm talking sweeps. So I don't think I would be as worried little you know hiccups if you will but I think the Cubs are going to be fine and and the fact you're getting all of these teams out of the way once June's over be able to roll it's interesting I look at it and I'm always the optimistic Cub fan but the concerning parts that make me think is this team just you know getting some fortunate bounces which they haven't always gotten the last couple of years you know they had 30 K's against the Mets on both Tuesday and Wednesday combined mm. the last eight days including the Cardinal sweep this uh, the sweep against the Cardinals. They're batting an in National League worst 188, and so the last 16 games, nearly 70 percent of their runs are on home runs. So you wonder if this is one of those feaster famines, and they're feasting at the right time. But there are some struggles. So I don't know what to make of this. But you are right. I mean, th- this car, this, this Cubs team did sweep the Mets at home. They did sweep the Padres at home. They they swept the Cardinals at home. They swept the Dodgers at home, but yeah, yeah, these are good teams. You know, this Mets team is not a bad team. The Giants team isn't a bad team. So my alarm bells aren't ringing because this team is still in first place in the NL Central, but I'm really interested in how the rest of this month plays out. And, and I agree, and, and and you worry a little bit about that bullpen coming back to And maybe part of the reason as we shift Chad to the second inning is this sticky crackdown, right, in baseball where Major League Baseball has decided that pitchers are using a little too much substance to get grip on a ball. What do you think of this? I I think I've got a lot of of thoughts on it. One is, why do you make this change in the middle of of a season? And now you're forcing pitchers that felt very comfortable doing something a certain way now you're potentially causing injury issues where they have to change change up their approach because velocity with really sticky stuff. And let's be honest, this isn't a new thing. Sticky stuff on the mound has been happening since baseball has been happening. So for them to take a crackdown approach right now seems very disingenuous and not in the best course uh, of, of not really in the best interest of the players' association. I think it is. It's it's 
they want more offense, but this could actually embarrass this this uh, this league if you start to see more injuries or if you see just a whole bunch of pitchers their numbers go way down. That's going to put another black mark. And I will say it as it's been said before, they take such a stand on, on, on this and they're potentially going to give 10 game suspensions out for this. But yet the Astros are able to pretty much skate free. Not one player, one issue with the cheating scandal of their world series. Yeah, that's disgusting right there. And I think you hit it perfectly. I talked to a college coach yesterday and he was telling me, you know, kind of explaining as to why this is happening. And he's like, you know what? I mean, you know, as you get from high school to college, the grips get tighter or the seams, excuse me, get tighter. It's harder to grip. And when you get to Major League Baseball, even more so. And what's funny to me is that none of the position players really have come out arguing about this. So, I think you said it right. It's what are we doing? Why are we doing this in the middle of a season? That's the most ridiculous thing, but it's happening. Yeah. Let's move on to the third inning, Lon. And, oh, I labeled this inning nature is healing, and you know it's healing. I know you're a huge <laughs> Cardinal fan. You love Bush Stadium. You love uh, toasting those, uh, those Budweiser's. But you, you <laughs> liked your time at Wrigley Field as well. And how good did it look against that, that Cardinal team, your team, even though the losses, how good did it look in just society that Wrigley Field bleachers were full, people are screaming and hollering, hooting and, 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 and yelling and high-fiving. Nature is truly healing. Amen to that, and it is wonderful. I've chat. There's not many things in the world better than heading to a base. Wrigley Field is certainly one of the spots that I truly covet going to. With my brother living up in Lincoln Park, I make usually a couple of trips every year to try to get up to Cubs games. Of course, love going to Bush Stadium as well. But to watch that series, yes, if we can take away the fact that the Cubs dominated the Cardinals, but to watch that series and see the Cubs fans just come out in glory. And, you know, early in that, uh, Jock Peterson hits that home run in the first game and just acts like he just won game seven of the World Series. But I get it. You get it. He's hitting a home run in front of a full crowd at Wrigley. All, all of those fans were loving life. And, man, it just makes me feel like the world is getting back to normal when I can watch a Major League Baseball game and see all of that crowd. It is a wonderful spectacle. You love baseball. I love baseball. But I'm going to guess early on in COVID when the Korean Baseball League was going full tilt on ESPN, it was the only thing to watch. You and I weren't glued to the TV because baseball in front of empty stadiums is not that much fun. And, and, and you, you were right. Yes, Jock definitely pimped that home run against the Cardinals. I think you <laughs> tweeted something about it. It looked like he won the World Series by his reaction. But I have this theory that, that it's either going to play out or it's not going to play out. Javier Baez last year just laid an egg. He really struggled in the COVID, you know, 60-game stretch. And I had my theory that there are certain players that rise to the occasion of the biggest stage. And empty stadiums does not rise to the occasion of the biggest stage. So I love the opportunity for for big-time pitchers and big-time players and big-time hitters to to show up when it is capacity crowds at Wrigley or on the road and, and they're screaming and yelling either for you or against you. I'm so excited it's back. Uh, my first full-capacity game is going to be this Saturday against the Marlins at Wrigley Field. I've been to a couple 60% capacities, and I was at opening day at Wrigley, so I am very nice. excited that it's back. And it's just – it's it now – it just feels like, you know, in society and life and, and all the sacrifices we've made, it's starting to come out of that darkness. No doubt. And as we roll to the fourth inning, by the way, Cubs still beating the Cardinals in my mind, if this is the fourth inning. Uh, you mentioned Javi, Javi Baez struggling last year. Well, Jason Hayward is really struggling for the Cubs. And, you know, this is a guy that obviously took 
the money to go to the Cubs instead of staying with the Cardinals, and he helps lead this team to a World Series. So certainly there is some favoritism. For- He's struggling, man. And unless you want to make a straight-up trade for Matt Carpenter, you have to deal with Jason Hayward. What do you think of him? I, I have been talking about this all really the last six weeks because this team has played so much better and went on their big run in May in the first part of June without Jay Hay in the lineup. And it allowed some of these guys like Patrick, we know more than anything, it allowed guys like Chris Bryant to show his versatility and play all over yeah. the field and allowed guys like Patrick wisdom to come up and be a world beater, you know, in, in his first 50 at bats and with nine home runs and, and looks like he should belong up here. Jason Hayward does not look like he belongs up here. Uh, he is a batting 164. His OPS is 545. He has zero power. He has four home runs and 13 RBIs. He's batting 111 the last seven games. He has 12 hits and three home runs in the last 30 games. It 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 is at the point now where you I think the best option, the best course of option, if, if I was the front office, is to find somebody else equally unhappy somewhere else. Maybe it's a reliever, maybe it's a pitcher, but it's a salary dump. See if somebody could take this on. I think the Jason Hayward experiment is is detrimental. He he puts an absolute just just a, a stop sign um, when he comes up in the order. There's no yep. fear. I mean, I think about Jay Hay in 2015. And Lon, he was the guy when he was up to bat on your uh, for, for for your Cardinals. You were like, this guy could do anything and will do anything, and right. he was gonna you know, led led them to hundred wins. And and as a Cubs fan that season, every time he was in the batter's box, I was flipping terrified. I haven't seen that guy pretty much since he's been in a Cubs uniform. I love him. I love everything he stands for as a person. But as a Chicago Cub, I think it's time to punt. I totally agree with you. And if you could find something like a reliever or something like that, I think you're totally correct on that. And maybe for Jason Hayward to just kind of go to your pasture at this point and see what he can get done. The alarming part to me was doing the radio show with me this week and who's a big Cubs fan. Uh, one day wants to join your podcast. And I told him, Hey, I'll talk to Chad and Ryan okay. about that. Okay. That can happen. But certainly he was mentioning the fact that Jason Hayward's defense is even a little bit on decline in terms of one thing you knew getting to a ballpark, whether he was hitting 100 or 300, you were going to get an amazing right fielder. And right now that's not even happening. So I agree with you, Chad. I think if you could find a way to move Jason Hayward, I think all parties would absolutely benefit from that. That's the thing to do. Let's move on to the fifth inning, and this is an interesting one, and this is one that I, I, I've said it before and we've talked about it in our studio show with, with, with Ryan on Monday night. We're going to tick some listeners off. I hope you don't. We're coming at this from an open mind. I think it is a personal choice. We're going to talk about the vaccine and the COVID vaccine because its implications on the game. In the last week, we've heard both from Jason Hayward, we've heard from Anthony Rizzo, that for their reasons, they didn't state the reasons, they've chosen not to get the COVID vaccine. And in fact, it's pretty likely, according to Jed Hoyer's statements and what we've heard from David Ross, this team will never hit that 85% threshold, which will greatly reduce all of the um, the extra steps in the trace, chasing and tracing, rather, that, uh, that the Cubs would have to do being under 85. What's your take on that, Lon? Are you surprised that the Chicago Cubs aren't leading the way in this? Or, or are you, is, it, it, is it just where we are as a society? I think it's where we are as a society, Chad. And, and I'll be frank, I think this is a, this is something that – and it's not that I'm taking anything away from the threat that COVID-19 obviously presented to this country. There's over 600,000 deaths. I mean, it's something that uh, certainly is not something you swing – you know, you just 
what sweep under the rug, if you will. But I, I think it's certainly one of those where adults have the option. And without the science really showing some that it's definitely safe to go ahead and get vaccinated, then I think it's their choice. And it's unfortunate that whether vaccinated or not, that people have opinions on that. It's too bad that we can't just have our own opinion. Work to yourself. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If Anthony Rizzo doesn't want to, if Jason Hayward doesn't want to, then I'm fine with that. I truly am. And I know that's probably a take that a lot of your listeners won't like. But to me, you know what? Anthony Rizzo maybe just wants to understand what more is in this thing. You know, I mean, we are a wonderful country. We are an incredibly smart country, much smarter than guys like you and I who went on to study radio (laughs) TV in college. So there's scientists out there that obviously helped perform and and help get this vaccine ready to go. But, you know, we know that you're going to have healthy children in the future. I'm sure you are. But personally, I don't have a problem with taking a pass on it for right now. Speaking of really smart guys, every time people ask where I went to college for my undergrad, I always say I went to Southern Illinois University and then I would pause for a beat. I'd say, yes, I was very smart and uh, it got the reaction that I was looking for. So Lon and I are both Salukis, as as we established in the opening of the show. Here's my take. It's a tuple. It's a it's it's kind of a two prong take. One is we're speculating here a little bit. At least I'm speculating. You know, Rizzo's a, a cancer survivor and we don't know the effects of people. And is he immunocompromised? Is he dealing with some things ongoing for his health and his ongoing health where it's not the right choice for him? We don't know. So I'm going to respect that. Jason Hayward, African-American. And there's a history in this country, sadly, of African-Americans feeling very um, well taken advantage of when it comes to medical and, and science and vaccines and testing. Sure. And so there's there's issues there potentially. And so we don't know what they're dealing with. We don't know what they're thinking about. My concern, since I said it was a two prong approach, is my concern is because of the fact that this team won't hit 85 percent whenever there is, if there is, if there is going to be any sort of and we're seeing it in the NBA playoffs right now with Chris Paul. Um, if there is any sort of scare, right. imagine that happening the last week of September. Imagine that happening in the in the NLDS, the wild card round. Imagine that happening in the mm. NLCS or the World Series. And so that's my biggest concern is are you taking all the right precautions? It's going to be what's best for the team. So this is where personal and team definitely aren't necessarily um, aligned. And as you said, it's a personal choice. So I'm not here to lecture. I'm here to just speak what I feel. Yeah, and Chan, I think you said that really well, and I think that definitely carries some credence there in terms of what could happen down the road to this Cubs team. If something would happen, then surely the weight of the world would be on their shoulders. All right, sixth inning, we go to a subject that I haven't really followed since I was probably 30, and I'm 50 now, and that's all-star voting. (laughs) I know this. I know this. There's a lot of Dodgers that are at least in the top three in that all-star voting. Not a lot of Cardinals or Cubs that are uh, destined right now for the all-star game when maybe they should be, especially on the Cubs side. What do you think of the all-star voting, at least round one? Well, I think, well, first off, so you make the top three, and then those that are in the top three make it now to the the, the voting that determines the actual uh, the vote. So it, it, right now it's a popularity contest. Then it becomes a very popular popularity contest from for all the popular kids. So you've got KB <laughs> at first. Here, here's what's really funny to me about KB um, leading vote getter at third base in all of in the National League. He's played third base one time since the <laughs> middle of April. Like, so first off, I mean, he is my leader in the clubhouse right now as the most valuable player in the National League because of his versatility. The trade target, this guy could play five positions. So that, 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 that is beyond debate. 
But him leading at third base just shows how silly this voting is. Rizzo being third, Javi being second, that's where it should be. This Cubs team has a really good fan base. It's funny as well, Nico Horner, we haven't seen him for more than a month. He's at fourth, and I'm not surprised that none of the outfielders, including Jay Hay that we mentioned earlier, is in the top nine. You've got Yachty um, and Posey and Willie. Um, in the catchers. So, uh, I, and I think Willie is third behind Posey and Yachty. Where do you have Yachty? What's your pick on the, on the all-star voting? I, I listen, I think, unfortunately, I'm going to go Contreras too, but, uh, and Yachty. Mr. Posey. I mean, we're turning back the clock here, although the guy's not as old as you think. Uh, it's, it seems like he ought to be about 46 years old, but he's really not. And it is amazing what he has done for that Giants team. And, you know, we always have this debate about Yachty Molina as a Hall of Famer. I certainly, as a Cardinals fan, uh, would love to see him in the Hall of Fame. As a baseball fan for a hard 40 years of my life, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But if you're going to do that, you need to pencil Buster Poe. It's amazing what that kid has done. The other thing about the all-star voting, you got a lot of White Sox players that are sitting there in that top three as well. So that's fun, man. That's a fun game they're playing on the south side, obviously in Chicago, as you guys know. So hopefully when the all-star game rolls around, we'll see some Cubbies and White Sox. And I'm hoping a guy like under the radar has had a pretty good season for the Cardinals, which finally we figured out an outfielder. I hope he kind of gets his shot to get to the uh, all-star game as well. Hey, everybody, this is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. We have a great guest for you this week. You can find her on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. Of course, you can also find her on Twitter at Danny Wex. Be sure to check her out there. She's a great follow. It is Danny Wexelman. She is joining us here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. Hi, Danny. Thanks for being with us. How you doing? Oh, you are such a rock star, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat some baseball with you, but I really appreciate you checking in with me. Well, it is great to have you. And I know we talked before we started the interview that, you know, at heart, I'm sure you're a Cardinals fan. So I appreciate you coming on a Cubs podcast to talk a little Cubs baseball. Maybe we'll even throw in some Cardinal stuff in there too, because uh, I know it. You know you, that that still uh, is in your heart and in your blood. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm a Missouri girl at heart, born and raised. So I'm 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 so proud to be from there. Definitely a St. Louis kid, and and grew up with the Cardinals, but have expanded my horizons. I will tell you, and and can appreciate other teams and other players for sure. Well, let's start here. Obviously, the Cubs, probably one of the more surprising teams in baseball this year, Danny. But when you look at this roster top to bottom as is, you know, certainly we're only in June right now. Do you feel like ultimately that this team can hang on and and play the way that they've been playing, maybe that inspired baseball all through September and ultimately win the NL Central? You definitely nailed it. First of all, nobody predicted that the Cubs would be this good. Now, ultimately, they have superstars on their team, right? Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, just those two alone. Javi Baez, I mean, those guys are the staples of the team. But ultimately, they've been playing above the expected, um, the expectations, excuse me. So, yeah, I think they've got to add a couple pieces. I think everybody knows that they need another starter. I think that there's probably a couple of 
uh, pangs in the stomach when people remember that you Darvish was shipped off to the Padres and feeling like the Cubs needed to shed some salary. They sent him away and, and now they realize, ah, oh, we probably need another starter in that rotation to be able to make it through. But they have been playing really good baseball, obviously coming off the sweep this past weekend in St. Louis. I'm actually going to see them play the Mets. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But no, they're must watch baseball. They deserve to continue to climb through the National League Central. They're going to have to go though and compete with the Brewers. The Cardinals are finally maybe starting to turn the page, but the Brewers, I would say right now with the rotation that they have, and as soon as their bats start to click a little bit more, that could be the team the Cubs have to fight for, but the Cubs need to go get another starter. If they want to be competitive, if they want to play October baseball, they have to get another starter. And they also have to hope that Chris Bryant's going to be okay like getting hit uh, on his hand, the hand contusion that he has, that's such a, an important piece, not only to their lineup, but to the future, depending on what the Cubs want to do with him, right? What do the Cubs ultimately want from him to keep him or to trade him, to use him for, to get something else back? So that's a tough break with him, but I think they're going to definitely need another starter to be able to compete and play for the postseason. All right, so let's talk about that. You bring up a great point about the deadline and the fact that the Cubs could potentially be buyers um, when they need starting pitching. As you mentioned, they gave away Hugh Darvish in the offseason. I look at the list, Danny, of starting pitchers that are really available, and I think for everybody, the one pitcher that, of course, stands out is Max Scherzer. But who knows if he's going anywhere? And now, you know, he, he's been placed on the IL. Are there any game changers other than Scherzer right now that you look at that could be available at the deadline and you say, yeah, he could be a difference maker for a team like the Cubs if they were to acquire him at the deadline. That's a great question. I definitely think Max Scherzer would have topped the list. There's no doubt about that. He has a tricky situation, though, because of how long he has played in the league. He's a 10-10 guy, so he has a no-trade clause. The team has to approve it. So if he comes back in time, he could be in play. I think that I think about the Phillies, potentially, and where they could be if they decide they really want to make a push for it um, in their division. They have risen to second place as of right now in the NL East, and depending on on what they're able to do. They've had some injuries that they're dealing with. Can they sustain? Can they compete with the Braves to be potential postseason teams? That's all in play. I wouldn't say I could think of somebody specifically off the top of my head. Max Scherzer has definitely been the guy that everyone has been talking about. And ultimately, if he isn't going to be healthy, he's not going to play for the Nats this postseason. He's definitely not going to play for another team. But I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that there's a starting pitcher I can think of. I, I hate to say that, um, but I, I haven't quite gotten there yet um, with everything that we've been going on with the sticky baseball stuff and um, college baseball and softball going on. I haven't quite thought that far ahead. Yeah, no, I get it. And listen, I, I honestly, I think the bottom line is to tell you the truth is there's really not anybody out there, you know, because you're looking at the teams that would be sellers right now. And it's, you know, teams like the Twins, or, uh, you know, the Pirates or the Rangers. Yeah. There's nobody really on those teams that stands out to me and says, oh, I got I to gotta acquire somebody uh, that's, that's in that rotation right now. So I, you, you make a good point that other than Scherzer, there really hasn't been anybody that stands out at this moment. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Chris Bryant, and obviously he's been kind of the fuel that has pushed this team to where they're at right now. He's, he's maybe cooled off a little bit if you're Jed Hoyer and, and you're in the situation the Cubs are in, 
do you ride out the season and just say, all right, we're going to take our chances, roll the dice with Chris Bryant, and then just see what happens in the offseason? Or do you think there's a very real, real scenario, even though the Cubs could be in contention, that Hoyer fields offers from other teams to potentially trade Bryant? Man, if I only had that kind of power, right? I definitely think, I mean, Chris Bryant, first of all, super utility. That guy has logged innings at so many different positions this year. He's been able to slot in and just really be an impact player. I think that that is so important. I think for any player to really just be able to field another position and play it well is invaluable. And second of all, his numbers at the plate before he got hit, pretty good. Like better than I think a lot of people were expecting. I remember Chris Bryant saying something before the season started, something along the lines of like, I don't know if my heart is in it or, or something to that effect. Like he just didn't know where his head was at with the game. And clearly he's come back into it, recharged, whatever he needed to do just to sort some things out. And it happens. I think people don't realize that these baseball players are people and sometimes they go through ruts or have a hard time outside of the sport. So whatever he was dealing with, he put, he squashed it, put it to the side, whatever, and has come out this season. I would keep him. I would keep him on that team. He meshes well. He's a leader on that team. He can do a lot of different things for you. And ultimately I think he, he's just a staple for them. I don't know if I, th I think they're going to go for it. There's no doubt about it, especially if they continue to play the way they are. But I, I, I don't think I would get rid of them. I think I would keep them and I would continue to push forward and I would add a piece. I would add a piece to that team because the NL Central at this point, as we said, is really, well, except for the Pirates, you know, the Reds are, are, are competitive right now, but truly I think the Brewers and the Cubs can start to make a, a wider gap if the Cardinals are kind of just laying low right now. I do think the Cubs and the Brewers could be competing for that spot. Now, listen, if you look at the rest of the National League in general, the Cubs have to win the division. I don't think the Cubs are going to get a wild card spot, but I do think, I do think that if they get the right pieces, they could win the national league central. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with everything you're saying. We're talking with Danny Wexelman of MLB network radio, and you can also find her on Twitter at Danny Wex, taking some time to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. So um, let's go here. I don't know if this has gotten any pub on the national level, but there was big news out of Chicago that both Anthony Rizzo and Jason Hayward came out and publicly said they have not taken the COVID vaccine. Um, I don't know if this is something you guys have touched on at all on the network, but I'm curious what your stance is from when you see players coming out and saying publicly, hey, I just don't feel like it's right for me. Do you feel like they're being bad teammates? Because I think there's some in the media in Chicago that are kind of saying as great as and as much as Anthony Rizzo is loved in this city of Chicago, people are, are sometimes labeling him as a bad teammate, putting himself first before his team first. Has there been anything that you guys have talked about on your shows about that and, and where you guys you know stand and think about that? I haven't seen that and we have not talked about that on the shows. So I host regularly on Sundays, but during the week when I'm filling in, they 
may have touched on it. I have not specifically talked about it. I think two things. Number one, you don't know everybody's circumstances. I know that Anthony Rizzo beat cancer and there's a lot that he has dealt with in his life. So there could be something that a doctor is suggesting. We don't know the circumstances around everyone's situation. Ultimately, I would hope that he's wearing a mask and he's helping protect his teammates and the staff that work at those events that work the game, the, the clubhouse guys, everyone involved. I would hope that he would be wearing a mask if he wasn't vaccinated and definitely taking all the health and safety protocols that he can. I think it's tough to call somebody a bad person um, if you don't know all the facts and details of the situation. And ultimately, these guys, again, these are people and they make their own decisions. I know some teams we've seen have, uh, you know, they're getting very close to being as close as you could be to 100%. A lot of them hit that threshold that they needed to be able to move into a new tier and be able to open clubhouses and do things outside of just the ballpark, which is awesome. But um, I wouldn't ever dare call somebody a bad person just because we don't know the situation. And I, it's tough to judge. That's really hard to judge. We don't know. Um, we don't know. We don't know the situation for either of those guys. I would hope, I would just hope though, honestly, at the end of the day, they're being safe and they're being careful because I'm sure that they're concerned about their family members as well. You know, everybody last year was in such extreme protocols. It's not just the players that you have to worry about. It's their family members, their kids. There, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And ultimately you would just hope that they're being safe and following protocols that are necessary and, and the team supports them and, you know, they're people. I think that's the important thing to remember. I, I can't speak to that personally, but whatever decision they make is theirs to make. This is Mike Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, and I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Our special thanks to our guest, Danny Wexelman. She's a host on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. You can find her on Twitter. Make sure you follow her. It's at Danny Wex. That's D-A-N-I-W-E-X. You can follow my co-host, special co-host this week. He is at Lante ESPNCU. Obviously, you could find me at the Chad Gordon. You could follow our Facebook page at the Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs Facebook headquarters. We have a website, theconfines.com. Make sure you go to that page, go to the very bottom. You can sign up for our newsletter. That way you can find out when new content is dropping. All right, let's move on to the eighth inning in lawn. I think it's a, it's a fair time. We're in the third week of June. We've already played more games than we played the entire COVID-shortened season of 2020. You know, as you look at this National League Central, what's your pulse check right now? How are you feeling about the competitive of this this uh, division how are you feeling about the teams in this division I think we don't need to really talk about the Pirates even though we love the Saluki manager but the other teams how are you feeling about the National yeah. League Central here as we, we start to look at July well I think what our mind is the, how about the Cincinnati Reds heading up to Milwaukee and sweeping a series there I, uh, I my good friend Dan Hartlib, of course, the Illini baseball coach, texted me on Sunday night and said, hey, how come I haven't been welcome to join the uh, radio show lately? He's a big Reds fan. And I just texted him back and said, I don't even know who this is. I apologize. You must have the wrong number. So it is, <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing what the Reds all of a sudden are just kind of hanging in there. And they were doing it for the most part in Milwaukee 
with pitching. And then you look at Milwaukee and you understand the pitching they have. I mean, Yelich, if he can ever get it right again, it's weird uh, how good he was a couple of years ago. And then he's just kind of battled some injuries. But I think this Milwaukee team is for real. I think this is a team that is going to be one of the top two teams in contention to win this NL Central. I don't think the Reds will hang on. I think they will kind of come to and end up about fourth place in this division. So that leaves me between the Cardinals and Cubs. And right now I'd have to say the way the Cubs bullpen is pitching and the way that the Cubs have really tackled all of these better teams. And if they can get out of June within three games of first place, which Cincinnati, thank you if you're a Cubs fan. Um, I think the Cubs are in unbelievable shape down the stretch with some very winnable. So I'm going to go ahead. If I had to chalk it up, I'm still going to say the Cubs are going to win this division. I'd say Milwaukee two, Cardinals three. I think the Reds drop out. You know, I, I'll share that I, I think your 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 opinion right now must be a little shaded by by the sweep uh, of the Cardinals, and that that could shift right back when the the Cubs go to St. Louis here in a couple weeks, right? So, um, here's here's what I'll say. You're right. The way the bullpen's pitching, the way some of the, the, uh, the Cubs pitchers are pitching um, on the front lines as well, is showing this team actually is here to compete, and the fact this team is able to from kind of a makeshift next man up sort of setup, they've not really had a lot of issues. Um, although, albeit most of the, the, the offense is coming from the long ball. Um, what's interesting for me is what you just shared. I mean, th- right now it's a four-horse race. Right now, any of those four teams could go on a run and create some distance. The question is how long can each of these teams hold up? I mean, each of the four of them are over 500. This is not a, um, a, 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 a cupcake division by any means. This is a strong division, good teams. We're going to see how they, it plays out. I think that the thing for Cubs fans to really think about is the positiveness of the fact that we are in the third week. We're, we're a few weeks away from the All-Star break, and uh, we have been talking about this Cubs team's front office and Jed Hoyer having to pull off the Band-Aid and start making some moves and maybe getting rid of some of these legends who are going into, you know, legends from uh, the Cubs core four uh, standpoint, going into free agency, um, maybe getting some, some, uh, some value for them beforehand. But if this team remains competitive, it's going to be a much more fun season to watch. But um, I, I, right now, the way the Cubs have been playing the last five to six weeks doesn't make me think anything differently other than they are a competitive team that can pretty much go head-to-head with anybody. And we showed it by all the sweeps they've had at home with the, all the playoffs teams in baseball, except for the Giants. So for me, I'm, I'm thinking that, that uh, I'm always the optimistic Cubs fan. I always am, even when, they're in a bad, <laughs> even when we're talking about like 2013 Cubs. I'm like, I can always find some hope in Mike Fontenot, right? I, I, I'm that guy. Um, I don't need to look for hope in this team. I like what I see. It's going to be interesting to see once everybody gets healthy how David Ross is able to manage, juggle, and figure out who's the, the best lineup going forward. Well said. All right. You know I dislike the Cubs. You know yes. that with a passion, Chad Gordon. But one thing I've always enjoyed, and as we cruise into the ninth inning here, I've always enjoyed Cubs fans. And there's nothing better than a rock at Wrigley Field, spilling out into Wrigleyville. It's the It's a great thing to be a part of. The other thing that you know I like a lot is cold beer. And I have to give kudos. I have to give kudos to the Cubs fans for doing the beer snake. That was one of the more impressive things I think I have seen as a human being. Touch on that, Chad. That had to make you proud as a Cubs fan. It's, it's a couple of fun things. So I've seen it before, but I've always seen it squelch. I've always seen the security right. guys come to be like, no, 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 no. This Cub Snake, when it got to 100% capacity, they they estimated it reached lengths of 100 
and 50 feet. Somebody did the math on this and said at $12 a beer, that basically was about a $43,000 snake of, 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 of drank beer, which is awesome. I love that somebody did the math on that. What I also love is Crane Kitty, who everybody loves, is like the villain, you know, the, 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 the guy at the top on the business side for, for the Chicago yes. Cubs. Um, he actually said we made a decision against the Cardinals series that uh, about the Cub snakes. And, and this was his quote line. I don't know if you heard it. He said, we decided we're just going to let them snake. That's the greatest <laughs> soundbite ever. What do you think about that? Oh, man. That... I'm listening to Ty a bit and have yeah. thought it was wonderful. And, and, and you know what? It is just one of those situations where why not, right? You guys having fun. It, it turned out to be the perfect weekend for everybody. You, you sweep the Cardinals. You get the beer snake. Everything about it was unbelievable. 43000 plus in terms of money spent on beer. We've all done it. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was wonderful. Well, I don't know that I've spent 43000 although – I bet if I did the math, I, I bet if I did the math, it'd definitely be above that probably. So uh, I think it's kudos to the Cubbies, and I think it was wonderful to see at Wrigley. Summer's here. Cubs are back. Cardinals hopefully are going to get back. There's fans in the stands. Baseball's back, baby. That is our pastime, and I love every second of it. I love it, Lon. Lante, this has been an absolute thrill. We talked about it at the beginning. Lon and I went to the same high school. Uh, kind of because of where Lon went, and I had some aspirations to be in the media. I kind of ultimately, I mean, you 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 had a big impact on me and being a Saluki at SIU. The fact that we're doing our first podcast together, you filling in for Ryan Lieber. <laughs> Thanks, dude. You have fun, even though you're a Cardinal fan. I'm, here's what I was thinking when I thought about you. We have these big pushes for diversity, inclusion, and equity. I thought it was a really nice touch to have a Cardinal fan on here to show that we're open <laughs> to all sides. You know what? I think you just nailed it right there. I was able to suck it up and and put in the good work, even for. I'm proud that I did that. And I'm also uh, very uh, honored that you said that, you know, you kind of followed in my footsteps because it's really cool that a couple of Grovers went on to uh, be the big dogs down at Southern. And not only that, but both uh, really have made a mark in the profession. That's bragging a little bit, but I feel like we have. And I think you and Ryan continue to do a wonderful my radio show on occasion. In fact, it's your turn. We skipped you once accidentally, and I told Lieber I'd forgotten all about that. I messed it up. So <laughs> next two are you, my friend. The next two are you. But we certainly at our show, The Drive with Tay and Piper, really enjoy your guys' insights into the Cubs. I can't thank you enough for allowing me to do it today. I had a blast. Had an absolute great time with you, Alon. Thank you so much. And, and I, I'm going back on the math. You and I absolutely individually at baseball games in our life have spent $43,000 in beer. I just did a little fact check <laughs> on, on the back of the, uh, the napkin. I think we're, we're definitely there. Um, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, buddy. You're welcome. And mom, Chad's lying. I haven't spent that much money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On behalf of Lante, this is Chad Gordon. We will see you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field. The first time you walk into Wrigley.